One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. What an awesome time of worship, and I'm so glad that we can turn our hearts towards the Lord today to start off this new year, 2021. I can't think of a better way to enter into the new year than just turning our hearts towards the Lord in worship. And so I hope you're sensing the presence of God uh, today, wherever you're at. And uh, we are so, so glad that you are with us today, joining us, whether you're uh, in our house, one of our house churches uh, with some friends, maybe you finished some breakfast and now you're just uh, joining us, or maybe you're at home with your family, maybe you're listening to this some other time. Uh, We are so glad that we can be together to start off the new year. And I believe God has great things for us in 2021. And so I hope your heart is filled with faith, even as we're worshiping the Lord. I hope this atmosphere is stirring your heart with expectation for the great things that God has in store for us. Speaking of some great things, we've got some great things coming up. And the first thing I want to mention is this coming Saturday morning. Uh, That is January 9th, Saturday morning, January 9th. We are going to be having Uh, coffee in the park. And we're going to be getting together in Blue Jacket Park by the playground, kind of by the pavilion there, if you're familiar with it, just gathering together for those of you who can, uh, just to connect, to hang out, to enjoy being together. There's a playground there for the kids. We're going to have some coffee and some uh, goodies for you to enjoy. And so I want to invite you, come out. I know we're gathered together uh, virtually and in our house churches today, but we all want to be together. We'd love to see you for Uh, coffee in the park this coming Saturday morning at Blue Jacket Park. Stay tuned to your email for more details. And then also next Sunday, we're going to be kicking off a season of prayer and fasting that we are calling Temple 21. If you remember last year, we started off the, the year the same way with this temple season, which is really using that word temple, which is the house of God, the space where God and man meet. And that's what we want to do in this season from January 10th to January 31st. uh, We want to just make space in our hearts, space in our schedule, space in our lives for God to move, for God to speak to us. And so I want to encourage you right now, go ahead and plan in advance what you are going to do. We're going to share with you some uh, opportunities that we will have to join together as a church to pray together. But maybe for you, uh, this is an opportunity to revisit the Jesus Life Plan, to revisit your disciplines in seeking the Lord, and really to set aside extra time for those three weeks from January 10th to January 31st. We are facing, uh, of course, challenges, difficulties, uh, but I believe God's going before us, and I believe God has good things in store for us. So we want to seek God, uh, even as we are looking ahead to the new year. And then on January 31st, we're going to be having our monthly all church gathering. And so I want to encourage you, go ahead and mark your calendars. Uh, The 9th, coffee in the park. The 10th through the 31st is our temple season. And then on the 31st, all church get together, worshiping the Lord together. And it's going to be a great, great time. Well, you're ready for the word. If you have your Bible, why don't you grab it and turn with me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, and we are going to continue our message that we started in our Christmas service. And actually, it was our Christmas message out of John chapter 1, 
verse 14, uh, that says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that was our Christmas message that uh, really is based on the reality that God is speaking to us. But I have felt my heart stirred around that reality as we're moving into the new year, that God wants to speak to us, that God wants to guide us. Last week, we looked at the story of Samuel. As a boy, he had never heard the voice of God, but God spoke to him and ultimately used him to impact the, the history of Israel, the history of God's people. And I believe God wants to speak to all of us uh, about what is ahead in order to follow him and experience the life that he has for us in 2021. And so I want to continue that thought on, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, Part three. And so before we get to the scripture, I want to ask you this question. How do you hear? How do you hear? Maybe you say, I hear good. I hear you good. Well, let let me dig down a little deeper. I actually mean how do you hear? What are the stages of hearing? And I know we're going to get physiological, we're going to get technical for just a moment, but I want you to think with me for for just a second, and I'm going somewhere, don't worry. Uh, How do you hear? Right now, you're listening to me, um, but think about the process that uh, is happening as you're listening to me. Right now, I'm speaking Uh, into a camera. I have a little microphone on me that's capturing the sound. It's going into a recorder that will be edited into the video. Uh, I don't even know all of that process, but it will be uploaded online. You have downloaded that or are streaming that to your uh, TV, to your phone, to your computer. The sound is coming out of the speakers through the airwaves in your room. It is going into your ears. There's these little hairs, microscopic hairs on the inside of your ear that is vibrating, that's sending you know, communication signals into your brain that is translating the sound. I know that is very technical and I'm out of my depth in my understanding, both technically and physiologically, but I just wanted you to think for a moment about that process for listening. How do you hear? Uh, what's the system to the sound that comes in our ears? Because there is sound coming into our ears all the time, but often we don't think about the system, the process of how we hear. And I'm talking about that because the same is true spiritually. Uh, Just as there is uh, a system to the sound, there's a process to how we hear in the natural, there is also in the spirit, there's a process to hearing. And as we are talking about hearing from God for the year ahead. There is a process to how we hear from God and how that word becomes effective in our lives. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Out of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about the process of hearing from God. And I want to read, it's a lengthy passage, so just stay with me this morning. you got to really focus in. It's the new year, so at least today you can be really focused in. But Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to read about 23 verses. And listen to this, Matthew 13, verse 1. It says this, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. 
Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And, from, uh, and he, who, he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Verse 14, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their ear, uh, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. And Mark in his uh, uh, account of this parable goes on to say, therefore take heed how you hear. How do you hear? Jesus is talking about that process of hearing and, and really the stages of sound as we receive the word of God. And this is a parable uh, that, has come to be called the parable of the sower. Maybe you're familiar with this parable. Jesus often taught in parables, and a parable is really a a, a story with a hidden message. 
And so he has shared this story with the multitudes. And then his disciples said, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus says this, you know, uh, they're all hearing, but not everybody's understanding. (laughs) They're all hearing it, but not everybody's picking up what I'm putting down. Uh, Not everybody is hearing what I'm really saying. And so I actually am concealing my message. I'm speaking in a way that everybody can hear it. And those who don't have spiritual ears to hear, they just think, wow, this is a nice story. Wow, this is a nice kind of nursery rhyme, a little entertainment in the afternoon. But those who have spiritual ears to hear understand that there is a message There is a meaning in the message that he is trying to convey. You know, I love that Jesus speaks in parables. Uh, He is Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi, but he's also Jehovah Sneaky. He is teaching them in a sneaky way. He's like uh, some of you moms that you, you sneak vegetables into, you know, banana bread and it's got zucchini in it as well. He's doing that same sort of thing. He's saying, you know, those who have ears to hear, those that have a spiritual hunger, they're going to get the message. But those who don't, they'll just move on. And and I believe that this is really important for us to understand because in this passage, Jesus is revealing some eternal truths. He's revealing eternal truths. And if we want to experience the kind of life that he is offering to us a life that, as he says, produces fruit, some uh, 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I don't know about you in 2021. I I don't know if you want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. I want my life. I want my family. I want our church. I want my heart to bear fruit. That's the life that he's talking about. But in order to produce fruit, we need to understand these truths. And what I want you to see is a couple of truths first, just preliminary truths out of this passage. The first thing I believe Jesus wants us to see, truth number one is this, that life is in the seed. Life is in the seed. Notice he says the seed is the word of the kingdom. It's the word of the kingdom, the word of God, the word of the kingdom. Which begs the question, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is really life with God in charge. And what he's saying is, I am giving you some truth that is essential if you want to experience life in the kingdom, life with God in charge. That's the message that Jesus preached. The Bible tells us earlier in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, Jesus's message wasn't just believe in me and you'll go to heaven when you die, although that's a part of it. It wasn't just believe in me and your sins will be forgiven, although that is a part of it that is essential. You can never enter into the kingdom of God if your sins have not been forgiven. But salvation is a lot more than just the forgiveness of sins. It's all of the goodness that God has for us. Uh, available in the kingdom of God. When, when God is in charge of our lives, life works the way it was intended. Or as Jesus says, we experience life to the full. But life begins with the seed. That is true in the natural, and that is true spiritually. All of life begins with a seed. You began with a seed. I began with a seed. Scary thought, I know. But all of life begins with a seed. I know, you know, we, most of us don't live in an agricultural area, so we're all pretty far removed from um, 
the agricultural reality that all the food that we eat, ultimately there's got to be a seed. Even the meat that we eat has been fed from uh, some sort of harvest that came from a seed. Why? Because God put the creative nature of life into a seed. Life begins with a seed. You know, I've got a few seeds here uh, that is a very high-tech illustration here. I've got a lemon seed here. And in that lemon seed, it doesn't look like much. I don't even know if you can see it, but it's very small. Doesn't appear to be much, but within that, there's actually great potential. I've got some apple seeds here um, as well, even smaller. And it doesn't look like much. It looks like it's kind of dead, but there's actually life in the seed. And that, that seed, the lemon seed, contains the future uh, potential for a lemon tree and actually a whole harvest of lemons. And maybe we could say this, a, an orchard of lemon trees. I don't know if that's what they call it. The apple uh, produces or a grove of lemon trees, maybe an orchard of apple trees. What I'm saying is the, the future, the potential, the life is in the seed. Uh, that's true of all of life. That's why in the north of Norway, there is the global seed bank. It's in the side of a mountain. It looks like a nuclear fallout shelter very protected, very armored, uh, protecting the seed. Why do we do that? Because if you lose the seed, you lose the life. You lose the seed, you lose the future. And so all of the nations of the earth have sent their seed to that global seed bank in case there's ever some sort of uh, global nuclear fallout. If we have to start from scratch again, they've got the seeds. Why? Because as long as you've got the seed, you've got life. As long as you've got the seed, you've got a future. Life is in the seed. But here's what I want you to see is that this is not a lemon currently. The seed is a potential. It's future. In other words, your life is determined, your future is determined by the seed that is sown into your life today. Life begins with a seed. Jesus uses this illustration that the, the word of the kingdom is the seed. The second thing that I want you to see, though, is not only is life in the seed, but the power of the seed is released by the soil. The second truth I believe Jesus wants us to see is that the, the power of the seed, the potential of the seed, the future of the seed is dependent on the soil. You can have the best seed in the world. You can have the most uh, pure non-genetically modified, non-Monsanto, fill-in-the-blank, ancient grains, I don't know, but you can have the best seed in the world, but if you don't have the right soil, you'll never produce a harvest. And we know that the Word of God is perfect. And so the problem is not oftentimes a seed problem, but a soil problem. If we're not experiencing life the way God intends, a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of blessing and purpose and identity. It's not because there's a problem with the seed. It's because there's a problem with the soil of our hearts. And Jesus talks about four types of soil that really all of us can identify with. Every one of us are one type of these soils. The first soil is, is the wayside soil. It's the soil that, you know, the seed doesn't really even get into it before a bird comes and just plucks it up. 
It's the wayside soil. The second soil is the stony soil. The stony soil is, uh, has a little bit of soil on it, but the seed never really goes deep into the soil. It just kind of sits on top. And, and so it can never get roots. It never uh, sinks deeply into the soil. The third soil is the thorny soil. That's the soil that although there's depth to it, there's all kinds of hindrances that can grow up. Jesus talks about the cares of life, the love of riches, the, the cares of this world. Uh, that may be the cares as a parent. That may be the cares of this season that we are in right now and fears of the future. What are those things? Those can be weeds that can choke out the seed of God's word in our hearts. There's thorny, there, there's wayside soil, there's stony soil, there's thorny soil, but then there's good soil. There is good soil. And that's what God is calling us to be. If we want to produce the harvest, if we want to experience the future that is contained in the promise of his word, we need to prepare our hearts to be good soil. That's why Mark records Jesus's words, take heed how you hear. And so I want to ask you the question again today at the beginning of 2021, how are you hearing? How are you hearing the word of God? And what's the condition of your heart? And so I want to give you, I know I'm giving you a lot of points today, but I want to wrap up with five points that are five stages of seeds. In the natural, there's five stages of germination. Germination is the process that a seed goes through to release the potential, the power, the life, the future of the seed. And the same is true in the word of God, that there is stages to the seed. If we want the word of God to be effective in our lives, to produce the harvest of love and peace and joy, we, we need to recognize the five stages of the seed. The first stage is this. It's what I would just call the information stage. It's the information stage. The information stage is when we receive the word of God just as pure information. You know, on my Bible, I've got print. This Bible, uh, this, this font type was created in some uh, Danish design studio, which makes me feel pretty cool about my Bible. But it's just type. It's just ink on the page. It's just information. And that's how it first comes to me. Uh, as you're listening to me, you're hearing information. I'm using words in the English language, and it's coming into your brain as information. And that's where the seed starts. In this seed, this is really a, a little carrying capsule of information. Within this husk is uh, the DNA that is needed to produce the lemon tree. What is DNA? It is life-giving information. And the same is true in God's word, that God's word starts as life-giving information. The question is, are we receiving the information? Regardless of how great the seed is, if the seed never gets into the soil, it, it, or even regardless of how good the soil is, if the seed never gets to it, it never receives the information. And the same is true spiritually. If we never get the information, 
the raw information of just hearing God's word, reading God's word, we will never receive the life of God in our lives. We'll never experience life in the kingdom. And so if we want to experience that life, it first has to begin with the information. That's why Peter says this, that as newborn babes, 1 Peter 2.2, we are to desire the pure milk of the word. That word in the Greek language, the word word in the Greek language here is logos. There's two words for word in the Greek original language that we read or that the scripture was translated from. And this is the first word, logos. And that is the printed word. It's the information. It's the same root word that we get logic or that raw information. And so first we have to desire the milk of the word. Let me ask you the question. Are you hungry for the word of God? Are you hungry to feed your mind on God's word? Are you eager when it comes time for, to receive the preaching of the word of God? Is there a hunger in your heart? Uh, when you wake up in the morning, are you hungry to read the Bible? In fact, I want to encourage you as we start this year, uh, I would love to invite you to join me in the Bible in One Year app, a daily Bible reading. It's just the information, but the information works in our hearts. And that's why the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, Listen to this, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which works effectively in you who believe. And so just like a seed, you know, has a husk, but within it, there is the genetic information to produce a harvest. There is a husk, which is just the information, the English language or whatever language you speak, the word of God comes to you first as information. But in order for it to move beyond that, we have to receive the information. I want to encourage you in this season. I know even as I'm speaking to a camera right now, things are different than what they have been in the past. That doesn't mean that we want to stay there. We can't wait to be together in person. But I, I want to encourage you, don't miss out on the word. Don't let it be the sort of thing where you would say, well, I can only receive the word in person. I, I can only receive the word in the way I've always received it. I love what the centurion says to Jesus in the gospels when he's, he's, his servant is sick. And he says to Jesus, uh, or Jesus says, I'll come and I'll heal him. And the centurion says, no, Lord, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, wow, I've not even seen this faith in Israel. This is great faith. Why? Because he understood that the life was in the word. The kingdom of God works through the word of God. And you'll never experience the life of God without the word of God. We need to feed ourselves reading the Bible, hearing, teaching, preaching, studying the Bible, that we can experience the life that God has intended. Now, I want to encourage you, don't let distractions, even you know when church is online, maybe you say, well, I just am going to tune out. I'm going to miss this week. I've got other things happening I know those of us with kids, there's all kinds of distractions. Trust me, I know. I've got four of my own. I've experienced those uh, distractions. And of course, God speaks to us right where we're at in the conditions that we're at. But don't miss out on the word. 
I'll never forget one of the moments in er the early days of our church. I'm getting up to preach and I'm trying to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit's saying. And suddenly my son Finn comes up to me and he pokes me on the shoulder and I'm getting ready to lead the service. And he says, Dad, I've got a marble up my nose. And I thought, this is, you know, life with kids. And um, I know we're all, and many of us are in that moment right now, but don't miss out on the Word of God. Practically speaking, if you need to tag team in house church, you know, mom or dad's with the baby, and the other one is listening to the Word, don't miss out on the Word of God. It starts with information. Number two, then it moves to meditation. It moves to meditation. In the natural seed sowing process, the seed doesn't just hit the soil, it's got to sit in the soil. And the same is true spiritually. We hear the word, but we've got to then sit in the word. And just like the seed has to get deep into the soil uh, in order to receive the nutrients and the, uh, the, the water that it needs in order to thrive, the word of God has to go from our ears into our mind and it's gotta, we've got to meditate on it until it moves deep into our soul. That's why Joshua 1.8 records God's words to Joshua. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. But it started with meditating on the word of God. The word meditate just means to mutter. It means to, to repeat it, to go over and over and over. And as you go over and over and over, that word begins to sink deeper and deeper and deeper into your heart. You know, if we take a verse, say for example, Philippians 4.19, which says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We hear that. We hear the words. We know the sentence structure. That's the information, but we begin to meditate on it. We begin to, in the morning when we wake up, we begin to, maybe we write it on our mirror. Maybe we uh, put a reminder on our phone that just says, My God shall supply all my needs. I, I've memorized that verse to a little rhythm because I meditate on it. And it goes like this, my God shall supply all my needs. I know this is weird. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's weird. I know you think I'm weird right now. I am weird, but I memorize it and I meditate on it. So it will work its way deep into my heart, into my soul. I, I want to ask you the question, what are you doing with the word you hear? What are you doing with the word you hear last week? Have you done anything with it? Are you letting it sit? Are you letting it sit in your heart? And you may say, well, why would I let it sit? Why would I read over notes? Why would I meditate on it? Why would I look back over the passage? It doesn't seem like anything's happening, but it's as the seed sits in the soil that it begins to produce life. And so it starts with information, it moves to meditation, and then from meditation it becomes revelation. Revelation is the third stage of experiencing the life of God through the Word of God. Revelation is just like when that seed sits in the soil. And as the longer it sits there, there's something that's happening on the inside of the seed, and then the moment comes where it's like, pop! The seed opens up, that little husk breaks open. And if you've ever seen a 
fast motion video of that on YouTube, it's almost like, wow, this is like sci-fi. It's like it's a little monster seed. It's suddenly come alive. And the same is true with God's word. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the word of God is living and active, living and active. And that's what revelation is. Revelation is when the word of God comes alive in my heart. Oftentimes we don't receive the revelation because we've not taken time with the information through meditation that produces the revelation. But just as there is the word logos for the word in Greek, there's also the word rhema. And rhema is when the word comes alive. Logos is God speaks. Rhema is God is speaking to me. And God wants to give us revelation. He wants to take that little seed that looks dead, so to speak, that looks like there's not any life in it. And as we meditate on it, he wants it to come alive. And if you watch a seed in the process, it's in that moment, it begins to send out little shoots. And that's what happens. God's word comes alive through revelation. And God wants to give us revelation into his word. He wants you to know that it's not just the Bible says, but God says to me. And so it goes from information through meditation to revelation. Then it becomes activation. Activation. That seed begins to grow. It begins to shoot up a, a little stalk that will poke through the dirt. And there begins to be something visible. The seed, the life of the seed becomes manifest through the soil. And the same is true in our hearts as we receive the word, we meditate on it. It works deep into our spirit and then begins to manifest in our lives through action. That's why the Bible says that, that faith without works is dead. In other words, that life of faith will produce works. It will be manifest just as a seed will shoot through the ground and it will be visible. It will, it will become activated. And that's the fourth stage of the seed is activation. When you receive the word of God, it will be demonstrated. That faith will be demonstrated in your behavior. Again, think about Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs. I'm meditating on it. I'm muttering it. I'm looking at it when I wake up. I'm thinking about it throughout the day. I think about it when I lay down at night. And then suddenly it goes from, I know what the Bible says to, wow, my God will supply all of my needs. God's got me. God's going to provide what I need. And suddenly that's going to change the way you live. No longer will you be closed fisted in in your posture towards other people because, well, I'm not sure that I can give to anybody else because I'm not sure what I'm going to have. But you go, no, God's going to provide for me so I can be open-handed with others. I can be generous with others. It, my behavior is changed. There's an activation of the word because it's gone from information through meditation to revelation to activation. And I believe that God wants us to activate the word in our lives, that we're not to just be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word. Again, what are we doing with what we've received? And the fifth stage of the seed is transformation. It goes from information through meditation, becomes revelation, produces activation, which brings transformation in your life. You now become a generous person. 
you now become a more peace-filled person. You become less angry because your heart and mind, your soul has been transformed through the Word of God. You begin to produce what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. Just like a lemon seed produces lemon fruit, the seed of God's Word produces the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit in your life, which produces the kingdom of God through your life. That's why James says this, that we are to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And listen to this, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Notice that it says the word is able to save your soul. Oftentimes we talk about salvation as God saved my soul. But in reality, God's actually first saved our spirit. When we come to faith in Christ, our spirit comes alive. But our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our disposition is still a work in progress. That's why James is speaking to Christians. He opens that passage by saying, my brothers. So these are people that have already put their faith in Jesus. Their spirit is saved, but their soul is being saved and their body ultimately shall be saved. And God wants to work the seed of his word into our hearts to produce the character of Christ through our lives. The reason I can tell you that 2021 can be a year of joy and a year of peace and a year of, uh, of blessing and a year of life is because we will not be dependent on what the world says, but what the word says. And we're going to let the word of God dwell richly in our hearts. And so as we close today, I want to, again, lovingly challenge you. What's the condition of your soil? What's the condition of your heart? Maybe you have allowed this last year to cause your heart to grow stony, to grow hard. Perhaps you've allowed offense to set in. Perhaps you no longer have the receptivity. Perhaps you've allowed fear and negativity and problems and challenges like weeds just to choke out the faith. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of us as a church that we want to take time this month to prepare the soil of our hearts, to receive the Word of God, to let the Word dwell richly in us so that we will produce the character of Christ because the life is in the seed. So, Father, I thank you today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you are speaking to us. And, Lord, we want to say, as Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And, Father, we pray that in all of our hearts, Lord, where, there is, uh, where we've allowed the enemy to come in to pluck up the wor word, where we've allowed distractions to come, where we've allowed thorns to grow up, where we've allowed other things, God, to choke out the word. Father, we pray today, let there be a clearing of the soil. Father, I pray against fear. I pray against bitterness, God. I pray against distraction. And God, we pray that even next week as we enter into this temple season, God, we pray, let our hearts be open. Speak, Lord. We're listening and we want to hear you now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take some time to meditate on this word. I believe God wants to speak to you. We can't wait to see you in the park uh, this, uh, this coming Saturday for coffee in the park. And of course, the other great things coming up this month. Stay tuned to your email for everything that's happening. We'll look forward to talking to you soon.